0: All right, Randall, let's do this tonight. Just you and I back on Behind the Yellow Line here, folks. You can find us on Twitter at BTYL Podcast. Lots to talk about. Baseball, playoff baseball, great stuff in both the National League and the American League. Uh, Randall, but we are without Jeremy tonight, so it's just you and me kind of getting through this right now. It's brutal.
1: Yeah, Jeremy a little under the weather. His second straight absence, uh, you know, he'll, he'll make it up to us at some point. But, uh, Jeremy, get well soon. You'll be uh, back on the airwaves with us shortly, and we will do a proper three-person breakdown of everything that happened this season. But we're going to hold it yeah. down without Jeremy just for tonight.
0: Well, you're being nice to Jeremy. I'm not going to be nice to Jeremy. Yes, this is the second straight episode. This is the third consecutive week that Jeremy has disrupted a recording of Behind the Yellow Line. And I've got a theory. Randall, you've long said, Ronan, you're conspiracy-minded. I have said
1: that not in as many words. I usually don't put it quite that politely,
0: but yes, carry on. All these Illinois fans right now are happy and excited that the Illini have six wins. They're going to a bowl game. And I think Jeremy is afraid to show himself, not because he's not proud of his team, but because they're one loss this year, Randall, Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, so, you know,
1: I think there's probably some validity to that. We'll uh, we'll do some some of our own research. Um, we'll put a pin in that, and we'll see if we can't come to a uh, a decisive conclusion on that down
0: the road. There's lots of Cubs stuff I do want to talk, so we need him to show himself again here on the show. Like I said, tonight we're going to focus a little bit more on Major League Baseball, the playoffs, so much exciting things going on, and frankly, so many ex-Cubs, a part of all of this stuff right now. But there are a couple of Cubs bullet points that I do want to talk about with you, Randall. I know this is your least favorite thing. We're in this period of time right now where the Cubs can't play, but they can't improve the roster for next year because you really can't do anything until after the World Series. So that means there's rumors. And oh, boy, are there rumors. And Randall, there's a rumor this week that I thought might irritate you. Jose Abreu, the impending free agent White Sox. To the Cubs, what do you make of that?
1: Well, I, you know, I'm an individual with a lot of least favorite words. It, it, it's uh, I'm, I'm versatile. My least favorite word can be a lot of things. Rumors is typically among them. Getting past that, difficult as it is, it doesn't really bother me one bit. Jose Abreu had a very good season, which I did not realize because that would require paying attention to the White Sox and what sane individual would do that. But he had a very good season. Um, And you don't really have a sure thing at first base right now. You'd like Matt Mervis to potentially be that sure thing, but you certainly wouldn't want to bet the farm on him. I would have no issue with giving Jose Abreu a two or three year deal to come in here he can rotate between first base and DH very easily. He can be uh, excellent veteran leadership, something we know he provides. And if Matt Mervis does come up, and produces as you hope he will. There's again no problem rotating Abreu to DH. There's no problem getting Abreu the occasional start at first base to spell Mercer if he struggles. So as it is, I'm good with it. I really, I really don't have an issue with it. I am sorry to disappoint you in that regard, but uh, I'd be all for it. I think that'd be a great two or three year signing for the Cubs.
0: I'm right with you. I I think this makes a lot of sense. And one thing I've seen from a lot of Baseball fans and Cubs fans that just sort of go, ugh, a White Sox? Really, do we need one of them in the middle of this team right now? They're saying, well, the power numbers are down. Do you want to go out and spend money on a 36-year-old first baseman who had only 15 home runs this year? His lowest home run total in a full season, and that includes 2020. where they didn't play a full major league season. yet had more home runs in 2020 than this past year. The thing is, the power numbers were still pretty good. A ton of doubles, 40 doubles on the season. Just didn't quite put as many over the fence two year deal i think you really got to look at this as he fits into this the, this roster i think very very well and for whatever
1: you feel he lacked in the counting stats the rate stats were excellent especially for a player his age and of his somewhat limited offensive skill set. He got on base at a 378 clip. We know the slugging was down. It was only 446, which for him is below the career average of 506. He still managed to OPS 824. He's still in a lot of key categories, uh, outpaced the Cubs three, four headed monster that they were starting at first base all season. So for whatever you feel he lacked in the counting stats, the rate stats were incredibly encouraging. And, you know, you can say maybe you know, you know, you can say maybe that's a fluke. Maybe he's not going to repeat that. But, I, but again, I would have no issue, none, with giving him a two or three year deal to be your first baseman, your sometimes DH, your mentor, your veteran, all sorts of things. You could do a lot worse.
0: He's been just a solid player since joining the White Sox back in 2014. Multiple time all star. He is getting up there in age but this would not be a long-term commitment for the Cubs. And if you're wondering, well, why would the White Sox let him go? The Sox are in a bit of a bind right now in that they've got a very high payroll coming into next year. They've got a bunch of guys that they're trying to put in the outfield that are probably better suited at first base. And if they're looking to slash money, this is probably a direction that they're going to go. You figure for Abreu, all right, you're going from the south side to the north side. Pretty easy in terms of life adjustments going from one team to the other. Doesn't have to uproot the family or anything like that.
1: Not at all. And, and that's an easy sell. You don't need to sell him on the city. You don't need to sell him on the geography. All you need to do is say, hey, keep your your real nice condo downtown or wherever Jose Abreu chooses to live. Keep your family here. Just uh, you know, change the address on your 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 tax form, and you are otherwise all good. So I think there's a lot of ways in which this makes sense for the Cubs. And I think there's one or two key ways in which it makes sense for Jose Abreu
0: as well. Yeah, first base has to be a priority for the Cubs this offseason. There'll be other names in the mix. Did you see Keith Law and Matt Mervis? Because he sort of popped the bubble a little bit for some Cubs fans.
1: You know, I did. And, you know, Keith Law can be kind of a polarizing individual, but I think he's earned Enough cash with people that he can put those scouting reports out, and people will, or at least the smarter people, will not assume he's just trying to be contrarian. And you know what? I I don't think there's any problem with that. Baseball talent evaluators are not all of one mind. One individual can see uh, a positive in a guy; another individual can see a flaw in a guy. And you know, in its way, in its own way, that's kind of like its own. Rumor is scouting reports. What is a guy going to do at the major league level? And as with most rumors, I'm in favor of skipping ahead of that and just giving him a chance to produce and we'll see who comes out. Correct.
0: Yeah. Competition's going to be the best thing for Mervis. And it's not that Keith law completely threw him under the bus. He compared him to Daniel Vogelbach, a perfectly competent major league player, just not an everyday all-star, maybe type caliber player. Um, Basically said with Mervis velocity, middle in. Anything in seems to be a problem. All baseball players have some type of weakness that teams look to exploit. We now know or we see here what Mervis's is, and that's something he can work on this offseason and in the spring. And even if he can't really fix that, he can still contribute to a big league team, especially if he's up there with a guy like Abreu.
1: Yeah, you know, even if he can't fix that, he's still a very playable first baseman with just light tower power. And there's still value in that, especially when, again, you look at the names who made significant numbers of starts for the Cubs. I struggle to see how he wouldn't at least be on par with uh, Alfonso Rivas and PJ Higgins. And of course, Frank uh, Schwindel, who is uh, not, not a cub anymore. He's playing in the Dominican league this winter. Uh, I, I struggle to see how Mervis wouldn't at least be the equal of those combined individuals. And Better still, if you take a guy like Mervis and you're able to platoon him with a hitter like Jose Abreu, I think that would be a very progressive productive two-player platoon. A lot of P's in there, a lot of P's and L's. I think that would be a very productive two-player platoon as well. So I think if you are able to bring in a hitter like Abreu, and if you are able to potentially pair him with Mervis, I think that's a very productive uh, two-headed monster. And I do think that Mervis is going to get one of those coveted prospect non-roster invitations for the spring, so that the Cubs can give him every opportunity to potentially win that job working with the major league coaches, being in the major league clubhouse. So again, I think first base is a position that could very rapidly become a strength with the right personnel in place.
0: We'll talk a little bit more too about Mervis later, just a couple bullet points in the Arizona fall league. I got to say this really quickly though. I can hear Jeremy, even though he's not here tonight, ironically, because of a sore throat Uh, Mm -hmm. Vogelback was an all-star in 2019. I just meant a perennial all-star type player, but I wanted to clarify that that was the year he hit 30 home runs for Seattle. If Matt Mervis has a 30 home run major league season and it happens to be with the Cubs, there's going to be some good things happening on the north side there. So we'll yeah. see what this is interesting though.
1: Dan Vogelbach had a sandwich named after him in Seattle. It had a uh, smoked meats on it. It had a Tillamook <laughs> cheddar. So maybe Keith Law meant that that's something that Matt Mervis will never accomplish is having a Seattle sandwich named after him. And to be clear, that sandwich looked pretty good. So, yeah, you know, again, big, big sandwich for Mervis to fill.
0: Well, here's another rumor for you, Randall. Aaron Judge to the Cubs? Report here says the biggest competition for the Yankees may be the Cubs. You buying that or not so much?
1: Uh, no, I'm I'm not buying that with two coupons and a gift card. I think what money the Cubs are going to spend, I think they're going to spend on the starting rotation and the infield. Um, you know, it's always dangerous to say, well, we have these prospects coming at this position. Don't spend money there. But I do think that where the Cubs are going to spend this year will not be in the outfield and specifically the corner outfield. So as great as that would be to get a a hitter uh, of the power acumen as Aaron Judge, I do think somebody is going to go bigger than the Cubs will be willing to go. And I do think it will be somebody with, uh, I I think a little more space in the outfield, uh, literally, because he's a very large individual and figuratively. Uh, So yeah, no, I'm I'm not buying that at all. I'm sure the Cubs will talk to him. I'm sure they'll kick the tires on him. Um, I, I don't particularly think they will be deep in the Aaron Judge Derby.
0: You know, I just like that the Cubs are in the Derby for whatever it's worth, right? That they're being mentioned as, okay, this is a team that could be in the mix for it. Maybe he gets a steak dinner in Chicago out of it, a trip to Wrigley Field. Okay, great. I cannot envision a scenario he's not a New York Yankee moving forward. No, especially. I... As they advance the championship series, they're bringing him back and he's going to get a boatload of cash.
1: Yeah, I I don't think he's going anywhere. Like you said, maybe he'll get some nice PR tour out of it. A guy who's played in the the biggest city in the country, uh, you know, the the, the selling point is going to be seeing his name plastered on the scoreboard at Wrigley Field. That's really going to turn him. But no, I don't think he's going anywhere. And if he does, I don't think he's going to go to the Cubs. Uh, But like you said, it's nice to hear people thinking the Cubs are going to spend the kind of money that Aaron Judge will command. It's sure better than hearing no, the Cubs don't intend to spend. And again, I don't put a lot of stock in reports one way or the other. You you said it at the, the top of the show. I am I I'm all for skipping to the offseason. Enough reports about them spending money. Show me them spending money to get one of those key players that's going to make this team better. Rumors are empty calories. They are the after-school snack. They are not even a particularly good after-school snack. Ronan, what's your least favorite candy? Because I know you have a whole lot of opinions on things like that.
0: Uh, you know, something pineapple.
1: You know, that that's that's exactly what they are. Rumors are like a mango candy or like a banana candy. There we go. That's perfect. Rumors are banana Laffy Taffy. It's already a subpar candy. Banana is a subpar flavor. You put them together, you get a subpar candy. That's what rumors are. Yeah. You know, if you need if you need some kind of sugar rush in a pinch, they've got you covered, but you can always do better. And you can always just skip the snack and go straight to the, the main course.
0: Well, I love the fantasy of... Aaron Judge playing for the Chicago Cubs, you can just visualize the ball going out onto Waveland Avenue. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yankees seem to be the prime candidate for a million reasons. And what I kind of like about his story here is he bet on himself. Yankees offered him a ton of money last year. He said, no, watch what I can do. He goes out, he sets the American American League home run record, not the major league home run record. Not at all. Most in that American League, which they've got a great tradition of that happening with New York Yankees sluggers, but... He's probably going to stay with New York moving forward. One other thing on this front, though, that just got me thinking about the roster going into next year, I've soured on Fran Mill Reyes, right? He had that nice 10 days or so or week at the beginning of his time with the Cubs. He looked really bad down the stretch. So before we pencil him in as a viable DH candidate for the Cubs next year, got to go out and get a real bat here. If they want to bring Fran Mill back for something like spring training and see if he maybe earns a roster spot, fine. But the expectation cannot be that that guy's going to have a ton of at-bats next year or should even be on the roster next year.
1: And that's two interesting points you bring up. One, um, I do think they like what Franmil brings to talking to some of the younger Spanish-speaking players in Nelson Velasquez and Christopher Morel. That's something Jose Abreu would bring, and he'd bring, I think, a lot more production with. And I know this is something we will discuss when Jeremy is back with us, uh, but Cubs who are arbitration eligible and who is apt to get a tender, who's apt to be non-tendered, I will repeat this when we get to that segment, but it would not surprise me to see the Cubs non-tender Fran Reyes and then try and bring him back at a uh, lower salary. But uh, I know that's something we'll get into when Jeremy is back with us. But uh, again, it dovetails back to Jose Abreu. If you want uh, a a Spanish-speaking player to be that mentor in the clubhouse, Jose Abreu is very capable of doing that. And like we said, he's probably capable of doing that as a better hitter than Fran Reyes will pan out to be.
0: Yeah. Well, you and I are on the same page here with the Cubs need some bats for space seems like an opportunity. Earlier you'd said they probably won't spend much in the outfield. I do agree with you there, but center field, center field defense has to be a big priority. That won't necessarily cost a ton. That could also be a trade candidate for the Cubs, but lots to get to on that front. A guy who will not be a Cub outfielder though, Michael Hermosillo, fairly well as he elects free agency.
1: You know, he had a couple of decent moments in a Cubs uniform. It was always funny when they tried to call him a local boy, even though he's from uh, an hour or two outside the city. But there was that the photo of him at Wrigley Field and Cubs stuff as a young boy. So I hope he enjoyed his time as a Cub in two pretty lost seasons. Injuries um, kept him pretty limited. I still think he can potentially be a viable major league fourth or fifth outfielder, but I think the Cubs are just so log jammed in the outfield at this point that it's not going to be in the Cubs organization. So good for him. I hope he catches on with uh, another team uh, in the spring, whether it's guaranteed or not. And I have, uh, I have no hard feelings against Michael Hermosillo.
0: Yeah. I can hear Jeremy saying he was almost in a line. eye. Uh, But we'll get more from him when he comes back. Let's look around Major League Baseball here. Playoffs have been awesome. I've been absorbing a ton of it, both the American League and the National League. Uh, Let's go back, though, to the wild card round. Got to start in St. Louis. How about those Phillies, Randall? Go to St. Louis. Could have been a three-game set. They knock it out in two. And just like that, the Cardinals are done.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I happen to have been working. That Friday afternoon, uh, I went into work to, to start something as the Cardinals were winning and taking that game into its what was its final frame. And I was delighted to get out of work and check and see that the Phillies had completely overrun the St. Louis Cardinals, much in yeah. the way that St. Louis Cardinals fans tried to overrun the Capitol uh, a couple of years ago. But I was very, very happy to see that and to see the Phillies then shut them out the next game and just completely erase that scourge at the earliest possible opportunity. I, I owe the Phillies a nice cheesesteak dinner. I'm I'm willing to pay for that. They've done me a solid uh, yeah, you, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that.
0: It was the best case scenario for Randall and most Cubs fans. I just wanted. I was looking at the playoff picture and it's like, look, just get the Cardinals out and I can enjoy the rest of it. And Philly did it. And that put Philly in motion here, got them towards the National League Championship Series and a good start tonight as we record this during game one of the NLCS. But awesome to see Philly do that in St. Louis. I'm sure you shed some tears, though, for Albert and Yachty and the end of that era of the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Yeah, I shed the tears while I was laughing at the thought of not having to deal with any of those people anymore. Again, I'm genre savvy. The monster is not dead until you show me the body. And even then, but Molina had spent all these, this whole season trying to get people to pretend they liked him enough to give him retirement gifts. So it would be really silly for him to go back on that now. And uh, in fact, he will be managing Team Puerto Rico in the upcoming world baseball classic. So you would think that would probably rule him out from playing in a major league spring training. So I'm, I'm slowly starting to warm up to life without Yachty life without poo-holes can be a little different. Cause he was gone for so long. We sure. enjoyed life without poo-holes. We know it's like la- that. La- we know what that's like, but to not have to deal with Yachty or Molina facing the Cubs ever again, that's, that's a real, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling, Rowan. I know you like to talk about warm, fuzzy feelings. Sure. It gives me warm, fuzzy feelings to know that Yadi or Molina is gone forever.
0: Well, warm, fuzzy feelings. The New York Mets also eliminated in the wild card round. Scherzer rocked in game one. The Mets come back, win game two, and you're thinking, all right, they got the momentum here, and Musgrove just uh, dominant. Six nothing, the loss, the Mets season is over in a blink. Padres have been playing some really good baseball. They'd go on to beat the Dodgers, but that was stunning to me to see San Diego go to New York after losing game two and shut things down six nothing in the finale.
1: Yeah, Joe Musgrove, of excellent pitcher. And you know, speaking of fuzzy, Ron Santos Toupe is also applauding. Uh, that, that particular exit in the first round. Yeah. The New York Mets, they spend all season in first place. They they give up the division in the final two week, two weeks of the season and it, it ends up costing them. They are done with only one playoff win. They lose this best of three series. And I'm not really all that sad about seeing them go on either. I say it every time Ron Santo taught me better than that. And it's funny to see the team do all that talking, all that talking about how it's the Mets year and they don't seem to realize it's never the Mets year ever. Uh, so I'm not too sad about seeing that series and like it did either a first round in which uh, the Cardinals are out and the Mets are out at earliest possible convenience. I, I did not dare to hope for that, but I'm delighted I was granted that.
0: Yeah, it, it was really, really wild to see the Mets go down like that. And subsequent losses, teams like the Dodgers and the divisional series have a lot of people right now complaining about the number of 100 win teams that have been eliminated randall do these people not watch baseball this happens all the damn time
1: no they don't watch baseball the 2001 mariners had to deal with this the 2008 cubs had to deal with this no these people don't watch baseball it's a lot of whining it's a lot of crying it's a lot of dodgers media and writers going why didn't our special team get a participation trophy it's incredibly silly it's it, it I you know there's not even words for how stupid this is to to say well how how what how do you run a playoff system where the 111 win Dodgers are out in their their first round? maybe the Dodgers could play better like the I know the Dodgers view the Padres as this little brother team, and that's fine. I think there needs to be more sandpaper like that in baseball, but if you don't want them to kick you out of the playoffs, maybe play better in your best of five series. I think it's incredibly silly, and I was looking forward to the takes if the Yankees had lost game five today, as we record this on Tuesday evening, October 18th. That did not materialize. The Yankees did win. They are advancing, but it's it's a lot of whining from people who – like you said, I'm not sure I've ever actually seen a baseball game before. You don't want to lose in the postseason. Play better.
0: It's one of the reasons I was a little bit reluctant for playoff expansion. Is you're going to allow more high 80s or or maybe borderline 90 win teams in? How hard is it to win three consecutive series? It's damn near impossible. You can't hard to do that in the regular season against crappy teams like the Pirates and uh, the Marlins, whatever the case may be. It's very, very difficult to win in the postseason. And there's some luck involved. There's there's lots of variables that get into it. This happens all the time. Since the lockout in 1994, there have been three 100-win World Series teams. That, I mean, it's it very hard to do it. And I think what that signals is the regular season, 162 games, gives you a really good ability to see who has been consistently good for six months or good enough over six months to end up on top playoffs, completely different ballgame. It's who can win this absolute crap shoot, who can get hot at the right time. And that's exactly what happens all the time. So I'm not surprised by it all. I don't think it shows a flaw in the system. I would say for baseball, even if you do expand and add two more teams in the next couple of years, let's leave the playoffs where it is. Now that wild card weekend was fantastic. Baseball. High leverage games, enjoyed it very much. Then you get the division series, the championship series, and a world series. Let's leave it where it is now. I think it's been very compelling baseball up to this point.
1: Yeah, I think the worst thing you could do at this point would be to fiddle with it further. This is what you've chosen. This is... all part of the long CBA negotiations we all had to sit through last winter. Leave it where it is for right now for a couple of seasons. Let people adjust to it. I think the worst thing you could do at this point would be to change it again immediately. At least give this format a chance to settle in. And again, not that I think there's anything inherently wrong with it. Again, baseball is a, a fluky sport. Yes, you can be out of the playoffs if you have two or three bad games. Again, if you don't like it, play better. There really isn't a solution to having top ranked teams out this quickly, other than pressing down the scale for them in every conceivable way, like saying something like they only have to win one game while another team has to win three or four. And that's, again, there, there's no reasonable argument for doing that. None. It's a lot of whiny people and it's a lot of people who I, I don't know that they have a, a full brain in their head.
0: <laughs> well, and, you know, as an organization, just get in as often as you can, even if you're a wild card team, see where things go because it, it can be absolutely wild when postseason baseball gets going. Uh, quickly over in the American League, one of the all-time chokes in the history of uh, playoffs here, Toronto blows an 8-1 lead in Game 2. They lose to Seattle 10-9. They're swept in that two-game set. And then a marathon in the other set there, Cleveland, 15 innings in Game 2 to knock off Tampa Bay and sweep that series. It was one nothing the final in 15 innings. Quick story on that, Randall. I was up in the mountain Saturday. Was coming back down. I had MLB radio on in the car. And for the wild card round, it was local radio broadcasts. Tom Hamilton, one of the finalists for the Frick Award, fantastic broadcaster for the Guardians, had that feed on. He works solo, which is kind of nice. Just him. Was listening from maybe the ninth inning on, just totally locked into that game, glued into it. As the batter was coming up with the walk off home run in the bottom of the 15th, MLB, the official app, blew out. And I thought it was just me in the mountains, bad service. It was universal. There was no live broadcast on MLB radio of that walk off home run. I heard it later, couldn't believe it. Awesome to watch the video, but goddamn, Rob Manfred, why are you doing this to me? I pay for the service, the game's on the line. I didn't hear the big call.
1: You can always count on MLB's side products to let you down when you need them most. So you know, maybe in that regard they are they are reliable in that they're unreliable.
0: But awesome call, too. And uh, Hamilton knows how to call a walk-off. One of the greats over in the American League. So we get to the Divisional Series, the most recent one today, the Yankees in five. But, Randall, that was such a bizarre series. A scheduled off day between games one and two, weather delays, they finish the division series today in New York and the championship series starts tomorrow. Really wild formatting here at the playoffs.
1: Mother Nature didn't want the first round to end. Mother Nature was so jazzed by the, the wild card round and by the division series that Mother Nature wanted to do a, to keep it going as long as possible. Yeah, really weirdly scheduled series. Um, you know, two cities who are prone to dealing with inclement weather in Cleveland and New York this time of year. So yeah, just a bizarre series, hard to get any real rhythm to the series. But, you know, I, I think that's probably a series where true talent won out over which team had gotten um, hot at the right time. I don't think anybody's disputing that the Yankees are probably a better roster than the Cleveland Guardians. So again, all the people complaining that the Dodgers are out, that the Braves are out, that the Mets are out. What's the argument here where the better team won yeah. out yeah. in a best of five series.
0: And they almost didn't. And I think a guy that the Yankees really missed here was Scott Efros. They've had bullpen issues. They've been trying to get guys to lock things down. He's out this year and all of next year, and hasn't been in that Yankees bullpen. The other American League series, a blowout. Houston sweeps Seattle three to nothing, but not without a little bit of drama. Game three, 18 innings. Mariners lose that one one to nothing that's a bummer Randall we had the Manford rules this summer right where you didn't get long games like this you finally get a home playoff game in Seattle the first is 2001 they got you two home playoff in. games
1: yeah and you blow it they got they got two whole home playoff games they got they got they got their money's worth that that's really a shame it was a shame that one of Seattle or Toronto was yeah. not going to come out of the wildcard round because I really did like both of those teams um and, and it's a shame that Seattle in that first home playoff game in so long they, they didn't get a run scored. You played no. 18 innings. The fans all doing good, crazy stuff there, trying to will that team to do something, anything, and it just couldn't come through. It's just the the agony of playoff baseball in an elimination game like that. You lose a one nothing game or you lose an 18-inning game in the regular season. You make a roster move the next day and get right back at it. To have your season end that way, that's yeah. rough. And you, you feel for the Seattle fans who had that playoff drought of uh, – immense proportions, relatively speaking, and that's their one playoff game at home that they've gotten in so many years. Uh, And to lose it like that, I feel bad for them.
0: Well, I am hoping, Randall, that this is my last October for maybe the next decade where I can just sort of enjoy what's happening in the postseason without the weight of winning or losing. I'd much rather be a Mariners fan with regards to at least my team got to play in the postseason this year. But as a spectator with nothing on the line, especially with St. Louis out, It's been so fun and i was glued to most of that 18 inning game was doing some stuff but it was on the whole time and it's just like everything in the playoffs is amplified every pitch every attempted stolen base to lose one nothing in 18 innings that it would have killed you randall if that was the cubs
1: it probably would have killed me to lose like that and like you said everything is amplified it's amplified even more so when your team is playing there's no peace if your team yeah. is playing a playoff game, unless you are up like 10 to nothing, and even then you're waiting for the, the other shoe to drop and for the other team to score like six runs in an inning and make it a game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I cannot imagine having watched that game with a rooting interest other than I hope Seattle is able to come away with the, from this with a win. Uh, you know, no, that would have killed me. You, you are hyperbolic at times as to what will kill me, what won't kill me, what will annoy me. You are correct losing a one nothing game at home in 18 innings in the playoffs, that would probably end me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, National League was compelling. We didn't get a five-game set in either place, but Philly wins in four. San Diego wins in four. When the season started here and we made our preseason predictions, I picked the Phillies to win the National League East. And both you and Jeremy said, no, you're wrong. And I was wrong, but they outlast our counterparts in the National League East, both Atlanta and the New York Mets. Phillies are going on, those two teams are done. I think this is an example of a team that benefits from these short series like this. They've got two really good starting pitchers at the top. They've got a bunch of guys in the lineup that, if they're hot, are capable of knocking the ball out of the ballpark. And watching Castellanos, Harper, Schwarber doing things, there's a Cubs timeline where that's happening at Wrigley Field. That's not what happened in reality, but at least two of those guys playing for the Cubs was something that we expected a lot of in the postseason.
1: Cubs fans on earth 22 have to be loving it right now. They, they get to see (laughs) Hugh Darvish shoving for the Cubs in the playoffs. They get to see Kyle Schwarber hitting huge home runs in the playoffs. Uh, Yeah. Earth 22 is, is lit right now. If you're a Cubs fan, we don't live on earth 22. We live on earth one. And so we are watching both of those guys doing it for uh, other teams that are not the Cubs.
0: And tough, man. You beat the Fenning World Series champs. Really impressive stuff there from the Phillies. Padres knock off the Dodgers. That's been the big ghost in their division. They've been chasing the Dodgers for a decade. How satisfying was that to do it at Petco Park? Randall, it rained. I didn't know it rained like that in San Diego. Wild scene at Petco.
1: I had no clue it rained in San Diego. Genuinely, I knew they had a tarp because every ballpark needs a tarp. I, I did not know it rained in San Diego. And to see the game delayed by that rain at at the start and then to see that rain during the game i I, you know with all the weird stuff we've had happen this postseason i guess we should just be glad it wasn't like raining blood or locusts or
0: something like that well we're down to four two in the american league two in the national league best of seven in both sets here american league first randall who prevails here yankees astros
1: ah boy that's close i think I hate I hate saying it. I think the Astros might be the more complete team. But if the Yankees get hot, that's a team that could very easily bludgeon the Astros. It pains me either way. I'm going to say the Astros come away in a hard fought series uh, in that in the ALCS.
0: I'm never going to cheer for Houston.
1: No, and, not cheering, not yeah. cheering. I'm I'm being honest, but I'm not oh, yeah, cheering. Yeah,
0: and I'm not saying you are. I'm saying from my standpoint, and the cheating thing is one thing. I still hate them for the killer bees and killing the Cubs when I was a kid, going out and getting Randy Johnson when the Cubs were supposed to get Randy Johnson and that goddamn Astrodome.
1: Goddamn Towles Hill.
0: Towles Hill, no, all Tows of Tows it. Hill, all of it. Yeah. All the of
1: Crawford it. boxes. People say they miss the Cubs playing in Minute Maid Park. Ten or nine times a year, I don't miss it one damn bit. You know, do it, do it for Ron Santo and the pumpkins. Gee whiz, right. Patrick, are those pumpkins out there in left
0: field? Well, Ron, it's Minute Maid Park. They make orange juice, so they got me cheering for the Yankees here. And there's a lot of guys on the Yankees that I like. I like Stanton. I like Judge. I like Anthony Rizzo. They've got yeah, like that Rizzo guy, a half dozen Cubs former players and Cubs former minor leaguers all over that roster. I think the Astros, like you, are the better team here. If I were to bet on this series, I'd say it's probably going to be the Astros, but I'm pulling for the Yankees here, and it would be interesting to see Anthony Rizzo in a World Series at Yankee Stadium against Kyle Schwarber or Hugh Darvish, whatever happens in the National League. There'll be some visuals there that would be compelling
1: yeah, compelling is one word for it. I don't know if that's the emotion. I don't know if I'm going to be find myself emotionally compelled when we do see that, but yeah, uh, Yankees in the World Series, he's going to be facing a former cub teammate one way or the other. Um, in the National League, Ronan, of mm-hmm. course we are going to see or we are seeing Philadelphia, San Diego. Those are two teams, neither of which won the division. they were both wild cards. Uh, and one of them is going to be in the World Series. That's wild. I have my pick. But who is your pick to come out of the NL representing them in the World Series?
0: Kyle Schwarber of the Indiana Hoosiers and the Philadelphia Phillies are winning the National League pennant.
1: You know, I'm I I don't disagree with that. I think they are on this run. I think they've found what they are. I I don't think they are willing to accept whatever flaws are on that roster. And again. Uh, that was a team that got swept by the Cubs, not just at Wrigley, but in the season series. So, if the Phillies do win the World Series, it's like the Cubs win the World Series. So, I'm going to go Phillies as well.
0: Uh, that would be fun. I love Bryce Harper. Right? I wish he was a Cub. World class, world class player. Fantastic player. Hurt a little bit to see both him and Schwarber do it off Darvish, although. Darvish was fantastic in game one. We're recording this right now. Philly's up 2-0 in the ninth inning, uh, going to the bottom of the ninth. In fact, San Diego just one hit. Now, don't know what's going to happen as that game wraps up, but still, Harper hitting the ball to the park, though. Schwarber home run off Darvish. Upper deck shot to right field at Petco Park. Nothing cheap there from Kyle.
1: That's uh, not just upper deck to Petco. At right field. That's through the marine layer. You're dealing with that yep. heavy marine air out there in San Diego. Schwarber don't care how heavy the air is. He will hit a ball through anyone's air, heavy, light, or otherwise. When Kyle Schwarber hits them, they stay hit. And if you haven't seen that home run, goodness, go go watch it. Cause I don't yep. think I've ever seen a ball quite go quite that far.
0: Really good stuff. And a, a much better call from the Fox crew than uh Bob Costas. For God's sake, man. Goodness was, gracious. Like we all have our memories of Bob Costas. Right. The thing he did to Strope was brutal a couple of years ago. I don't remember him being this obnoxious. He's talking down to baseball fans. Everything's this dramatic, over the top soliloquy story thing. It's like, dude, what are you on, man? I, I absolutely detest his broadcast style.
1: The game has the game has passed him by. I think, and I think we are fortunate that he does not have a regular baseball gig, that he just kind of jumps into the playoffs wherever somebody needs a venerable play-by-play voice to lend uh, credence to the proceedings. But yeah, you can hear it. The game has passed him by. What worked for him decades ago does not work on a modern broadcast. And again, we are fortunate that he does not have uh, a regular broadcasting gig for baseball during the regular season, because that would get old really fast.
0: For sure. Well, let's come back to the Cubs here. Just a couple minutes to go on the show this evening. We mentioned there's not a whole lot going on with the big league Cubs. They really can't do much of anything until after the World Series ends. But some future Cubs are playing right now in the Arizona Fall League. Matt Mervis, Randall, we talked about him earlier, a potential fit for the Cubs at first next year. Currently tied for the lead in home runs with four, and just behind him with two, Brendan Davis. So two names we're thinking, all right, these guys should help the big league Cubs next season. Off to a nice start in Arizona.
1: Yeah. And, you, you know, anytime you see a tweet from our account, which again, at BTYL podcast that says Matt Mervis refuses to stop hitting, that's me, unless Jeremy steals my material, which he might, uh, but he does. He refuses to stop hitting. He continues to hit home runs. Like you said, he's leading the AFL. And if the Cubs were at all unsure about what his opportunities are going to be like in spring training, I think Mervis is probably removing those doubts. Uh, like I said, I think you're going to see him get one of those coveted prospect non-roster invitations. They're going to give him every opportunity to spend as much time in big league camp as possible. Maybe win the job out of spring break. I think that would be for spring training, maybe not spring (laughs) break. Um, They're going to give him every opportunity, maybe. Maybe. Uh, they're going to give him every opportunity to do that. I think that would be aggressive, but if he rakes all spring, the way he raked all season and the way he has raked all fall, I think that would make the decision very difficult for them. So just in case the Cubs were at all unsure about whether to use one of those spots on him, I think those doubts are gone. I think you are going to see Matt Mervis right back there in Mesa at Sloan park doing what he has done to put himself on the radar. And I think we are all going to be better for it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that first towering home run out onto Sheffield from Matt Mervis and Brennan Davis. I, I, I've i soured a bit on Brennan Davis, and part of that is there's some other outfielders in the system, the Pete Crow Armstrongs, that are like, oh, he looks very good, uh, but I'm still also eager to see him have his Cubs debut. And I hope it's early next year.
1: Yeah. And I'm a little higher on Brennan Davis than you are in part, because I think as other prospects start to equal or maybe surpass Brennan Davis, I don't necessarily see that as a knock on Brennan Davis as much as I do it being uh it being a positive of the rest of the system. If you suddenly have another outfielder or even two outfielders, and I think they do in Pete Crow Armstrong and Alexander Canario, I think if you suddenly have two more guys who have suddenly equaled Brennan Davis in prospect status, again, I don't think that's a detriment of Brennan Davis. I think that's, uh, uh, I think that's praise for these other players coming up through the system that they have kind of caught up to him. So uh, again, I'm not as down on Davis as you are. Like you said, I do think we'll see him at Wrigley field, I thought we'd see him at Wrigley Field June of this year. Obviously, his back injury made that uh, a non-starter. But I hope we will see him at Wrigley Field at some point this year. I do think we will as long as he's healthy. And, you know, it's exciting. The system does not have a star in waiting as it did with Chris Bryant. But I think it has a lot of guys with very reasonable floors who I think will come up and be very – capable major league contributors, if not all-stars, if not MVPs, if not the flashiest players, I think they are players who will come up, and I think they will be very, very productive regulars uh, within short order. So, you know, you need that one star, and that's what trades, or that's what free agency is for. So go out there and get it done, Cubs.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. We'll be back with a lot more Cubs talk next week. We want to talk about Jed's uh, postseason press conference or end of the season press conference talk about those arbitration eligible players for the Cubs lots of other news and notes on this Cubs team but we need Jeremy back for that Uh, as we're wrapping up here 86th podcast in the history of the Chicago Cubs Randall nobody's ever worn 86
1: no coaches no coaches no players there are no 86s
0: so maybe Matt Mervis uh, next year, or somebody. We'll get an 86 at some point over at Wrigley Field. Got to be honest with you, Randall. I got nothing nice to say about the Chicago Bears, so let's leave that where it is. How does that the sound?
1: Le- the less said, the better.
0: All right, we'll be back next time. Jeremy, rest up, the boy. Show your face. Indiana beat Illinois. The line, I keep going though. So come back next week. Lots more Cubs talk on Behind the Yellow Line.